This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. So uh, hello out there uh, in American Family Radio land. Welcome to the program. It's called Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Rosemond, heretic psychologist, author, public speaker. Uh, what else do I do? Oh, yes, I write a weekly nationally syndicated column on raising children. And, and that's what this program is uh, presumably anyway about, is raising children. What we in America today refer to as parenting, a word I really don't like, but I use it because it's the most effective way sometimes to communicate concerning the issue at hand. But over the last couple of years since the program started, a little over two years ago, on American Family Radio, by the way, exclusively carried every week, Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, and you can do the math from there, on stations all across the country that are either American Family Radio stations or affiliates of American Family Radio. Um, since the program started, I have branched out into other cultural topic areas that pertain in one way or another to the raising of children, but may not appear upon first hearing to be directly related to the raising of children. For example, over the last three months or so, I have been talking about the problem of churches in America, including megachurches, evangelical churches, highly influential churches, churches that are role models for other churches that have embraced psychiatry and psychology and are referring many of their people, many of their flock, to people in the mental health professions for treatment. And so uh, I'm going to continue in that vein today. I'm going to read or begin to read the intro to an article that appeared online on June the 30th of 2015. It was a, actually a press release from the American Psychiatric Association, and it begins, the American Psychiatric Association, APA, Foundation, has produced two new resources to help faith leaders better understand mental illness and treatment and better help individuals and families in their congregations who might be facing mental health challenges. APA now offers a 20-page booklet, Mental Health, a Guide for Faith Leaders, and a companion two-page quick reference on mental health for faith leaders. The article goes, uh, press release actually, as I said before, goes on to say that the guide 
includes a general overview of mental health and mental illness. Now, remember that term, mental illness, because I'm coming back to it in a moment, as well as information on how faith leaders can support people with mental health challenges. For example, it discusses how to create a more inclusive, that word, it drives me crazy, along with the word diversity, But anyway, it says it uh, discusses how to create a more inclusive and welcoming community, when and how to make a referral to professional mental health services, and how to deal with resistance to accepting mental health treatment. Did you get that? Well, let me say it again. This guide for faith leaders, this mental health guide, One of its purposes is to help faith leaders understand when they should make referrals to mental health professionals and how they should deal with resistance on the part of people in their congregations to accepting mental health treatment. That's really fascinating verbiage. Okay, so let me make a perfectly clear at the outset of uh, this discussion, there is no such thing as a mental illness. An illness is, by definition, a physical condition, and there is absolutely no compelling evidence to the effect that what psychiatry and psychology are calling by various names, such as clinical depression, anxiety disorder, borderline personality disorder, phobias of various descriptions, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and so on, there is no compelling evidence to the effect that any of those uh, conditions, if you will, are caused by malfunctions of the brain or malfunctions of brain chemistry. That is what they want you to believe, but there is no, none, zero, nada, zilch, compelling evidence to that effect. But that is what they want you to believe. It's their narrative. They have no proof of their contentions. For example, they have no no proof that something they call a biochemical imbalance actually exists. No proof at all. In fact, one leading psychiatrist who used to chair the committee who developed and refined the diagnoses that are included in the Psychiatric Diagnostic Bible, a large reference book called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Uh, This fellow, whose name is known to uh, probably 95% of psychiatrists uh, across the country, once admitted that to an investigative reporter named John Leo, an independent investigative reporter, that the term biochemical imbalance was, quote, this is a direct quote, nothing but a useful metaphor. So they have no proof that something they call a biochemical imbalance actually exists. It's a metaphor. But as Hitler's propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, once said, If people in positions of power repeat a lie often enough, the people, the masses, will come to believe in it. 
This narrative that behind every psychiatric diagnosis there is a malfunction of the brain or brain chemistry is essential to the selling of psychiatric medication, which is psychiatry's primary source of income. It is there, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, it is their raison d'etre, French for their reason for existence. It's not always been that way. Once upon a time, in fact, psychiatrists were not pill pushers. They counseled people. They did what is called psychotherapy. And then in the 1960s, psychologists began making a run at the counseling market. And a very successful run it was, by the way. And psychiatrists, sensing correctly that they were being put out of business slowly but surely, shifted their practice standard from counseling to diagnosing so-called mental illnesses and prescribing medication. And today, diagnosing and prescribing is all most psychiatrists do. They have left therapy, counseling, to psychologists and mental health counselors and clinical social workers. Psychiatrists have allied themselves with the pharmaceutical industry to create a multi-billion dollar enterprise out of selling drugs for supposed illnesses that no one has proven even exist. For example, a leading researcher who has spent most of his life trying to find the biological smoking gun behind schizophrenia admitted that he's never found what he's looking for and never will. He has slowly, reluctantly come to the conclusion that schizophrenia is not caused by biology. He won't say schizophrenia is a spiritual condition and perhaps even a demonic condition. He won't say that. He won't come close to that idea. But he has admitted that schizophrenia is not caused by biology. Mind you, this is a guy who has spent more than 40 years, ever since the early 1970s, trying to find the biological smoking gun behind schizophrenia, and he hasn't been able to find it. And yet, psychiatrists, and that's the case with every diagnosis listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, no one has ever been able to find a biological smoking gun behind any of these diagnoses. And by the way, when they have found a biological smoking gun, they remove the diagnosis from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual because they regard it as no longer a psychiatric disorder and they classify it as a physical disease. So in the medical community, they understand, oh, there are psychiatric uh, entities or disorders, and then there are physical illnesses. And what psychiatrists want you to believe, however, is that everything they deal with is caused by some biological disturbance that can be corrected through the use of medication. These are all lies, folks. They're nothing but lies. The drugs that we're talking about claim to restore biochemical imbalances in the brain when no such imbalances have ever been proven. This is like something out of Alice in Wonderland, I'm telling you. What has been proven, however, is that, and this is important, what has been proven is that these psychiatric drugs disrupt brain chemistry. They introduce chemicals into the brain that do not belong there. And that's where we're going to pick up right after this important break and set of announcements from 
my friends at American Family Radio. Remember, we're getting now into the issue of psychiatric medication and what these drugs actually do to the brain and actually do to people, including children and teenagers who take them. We'll be right back. Stay with us. back to the show. The show is called Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Rosemond. And uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, thank you. I hope uh, you find the show compelling, interesting, stimulating, thought-provoking. It's carried exclusively on American Family Radio every Saturday, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. If you're interested in American Family uh, Radio and the American Family Association, They are in Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, you can go to afa.net, and you can find out more about their ministries. And if you're interested in my uh, work and my ministries, you can go to johnrosemond.com. That's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D. You'll find my upcoming speaking schedule, and you'll find my books and my CDs and I believe that the last five, it may be more than that, of my weekly syndicated newspaper columns is also posted on my website. I know it's five. It may be more than that. So in this show, I'm picking up on a theme that I've been uh, working, if you will, for the last three months, and that is the infiltration into the church of psychology and psychiatry. And the truly unfortunate, tragic thing is that uh, psychology and psychiatry is being invited into the church by pastors, including highly influential pastors, some of whom are known at a national level. And I have been saying for this past three months off and on that there is no more atheistic a profession than psychology and psychiatry. Take it from me, folks. I'm a psychologist. I'm a heretic. I'm an outlier, granted. But I have held a license issued by the North Carolina Psychology Board to practice psychology since 1979. I spent 12 years in private practice, and uh, I have continued to retain my license, even though I no longer really do counseling or therapy or anything that really could be considered counseling or therapy from a mental health perspective or from a psychological perspective. What I do is counseling that is based exclusively on God's Word on Scripture. And that's what this show is all about. This show is all about uh, parenting according to God's Word. It's called Because I Said So. It's a tongue-in-cheek title for the program. But in actuality, what I'm doing overall is explain, and this is my ministry, is to help people understand, especially in this audience, which presumably is, is largely Christian, and of that percentage, which is probably more than 95, largely evangelical, that we do not need 
to lean on the understandings of people who represent an atheistic profession when it comes to the raising of America's children. Uh, We should be, and especially in the Christian community, leaning strictly on God's word. We should be trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts when it comes to the rearing of his children. We should be acknowledging him constantly in the raising of his children And if we do that, we are promised that he will keep our paths straight. So uh, I I ended the first part of the show by saying, uh, I'm talking about psychiatry and mental illness, the the myth of mental illness, as psychiatrist Thomas Zaz called it in a very famous book published in the late 1960s. And I'm talking about psychiatric drugs. And I said, as the first part of the show came to an end, that the drugs in question claim to restore biochemical imbalances in the brain when, in fact, no such imbalances have ever been proven. No such imbalances have ever been measured, proven. They are a fabrication. What has been proven, however, is that these drugs, these psychiatric drugs, disrupt brain chemistry. They introduce chemicals into the brain that don't belong there. And folks, this makes common sense. If you don't have an imbalance, a chemical imbalance in your brain, and you introduce into the brain, your brain, a drug that supposedly corrects an imbalance that doesn't exist, then what you're doing is introducing a chemical into your brain chemistry that doesn't belong there. Therefore, this chemical, by definition, disrupts your brain chemistry. And along those lines, ladies and gentlemen, and this is extremely important for all of us in the Christian community to come to grips with, it is no coincidence that as the percentage of children and adolescents taking psychiatric medicines of one sort or another has increased, so has child and teen depression, and most importantly and tragically, so has the teenage suicide rate. I'm going to say that again. It is no coincidence That is, the percentage of children and adolescents taking psychiatric medications of one sort or another has increased, and dramatically so, since the year 2010. So has child and teen depression, and so has the teenage suicide rate. These drugs can, and often do, make a person's mood disorder worse not better, worse. Remember, they do not outperform placebos in double-blind clinical trials. trials. I'll, get, I'll get back to that in a second. These drugs often make people's mood disorders worse. They make depression worse. In the past few years, high-profile pastors and family members of high-profile pastors have committed suicide. You know, you can go to the internet and you can type in pastor suicide, pastor family member suicide. And I mean, page after page of, uh, of accounts of pastors and family members of pastors 
uh, who have committed suicide come up. Uh, and in nearly every case, the individual in question was taking psychiatric medication. Yet no one in the media seems to make this connection. Why do you think that is? Consider that advertising for psychiatric medication is a major source of revenue for the major media. I'm just saying. So, a few years ago, I think because psychiatrists began to realize that church-going people, including evangelicals, were a major potential market, the American Psychiatric Association developed a program called, and I referred to it at the beginning of the show, and I read from the uh, the news release that uh, was put out in 2014 by the uh, or 15 by the American Psychiatric Association. This program is called Mental Health: colon, A Guide for Faith Leaders, and basically the program, which is now a fixture in many churches, including megachurches, very influential churches that are role models for many other churches, is psychiatric propaganda masquerading as caring and compassion. It sells the notion that mental illness is a valid construct, which it is not. Now, I'm going to right now, I'm going to, I'm going to issue the challenge that I have been issuing for the last three months. If anybody out there can prove me wrong about any of this, send me an email, radio at rosemond.com, and if you are correct, I will issue a public mea culpa over the air on an upcoming show. This program, Mental Health, A Guide for Faith Leaders, is nothing more than psychiatric propaganda masquerading as caring and compassion. It sells the notion that mental illness is a valid construct, which it isn't, and it serves the purpose of persuading pastors to refer people with problems of emotion and thinking, so-called mental illnesses, to psychiatrists, where most of them will receive what? That's right, medication. Folks, I've been saying on this program for going on three months now, these medications do not, have never reliably outperformed placebos in clinical test trials. That means these psychiatric medications are, in reality, very expensive placebos with very dangerous potential side effects, side effects as serious as suicide. The developing alliance between psychiatry and psychology in the church should be very disturbing to Bible-believing Christians. Bible-believing Christians should know that Scripture is sufficient for all purposes. Sufficient. That word means that whatever the problem, Scripture is the answer, the only valid answer. Instead, Christians by the thousands are being persuaded to turn their problems over to people who represent the most atheistic profession in America. You cannot come up with a profession more philosophically rooted in atheism and more heavily populated by atheists and more heavily populated by socialists and communists too, by the way, than psychology and psychiatry. There are exceptions, and there are notable exceptions, myself included, if I do say so myself, but take it from a psychologist. For those of you who might be first-time listeners, I'm bona fide in the field of psychology. Satan is infiltrating the church, ladies and gentlemen. The church is, after all, the battleground. One of his purposes is to cause Christians to trust in psychiatry instead of the Lord 
when it comes to personal problems of living. The Bible is clear that the problems in question, pressure and anxiety and so on, are spiritual issues. They are not biochemical issues. If they are biochemical issues, then God is lying to us, which is what Satan wants us to believe. If they are spiritual issues, then the solution is the Holy Spirit. Folks, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, did not go to the cross because people have biochemical imbalances. If that explains why we so desperately need a Savior, then the Bible is one big lie and Satan has won. Folks, the show is over. It's the fastest half hour in my life. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you will join us again next Saturday afternoon. If you don't catch the program on Saturday afternoon, it's on my website as a podcast, johnroseman.com. God bless you all. Take care. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.